Listener Production. Did you know in Adelaide there's been bloody like one day Kayla was like, oh my God, a sinkhole swallowed a car today. And we were both like, whoa, that's weird. And we were just talking about like what it, like how crazy that we live in a time where the earth can just swallow you and you're gone. Yeah. And then two days later, another one. We were like, what? So now we're both waiting to get sunk by a sinkhole oh around. I know. What even are sinkholes? I thought they were old mines. I don't know. I thought, isn't it something to do with like moisture below the earth and then... It just kind of all caves in. Who knows? Day, I don't know. You can give me just the gist on sinkholes one day. Well, my uncle is a geologist, so uh, my oh no, that my aunt and uncle are both geologists. Why do I say him first? Oh, gender ooh, dynamics. Ooh, ooh. So I could ask them about what the deal with sinkholes is. Mm. I will get back to you. Yes, good. All right, take <clears throat> it away, my dulcet toned Adonis. <laughs> Hello, Gistners, and welcome back for another episode of Just the Gist, a weekly-ish podcast in which Rosie Waterland and I, Jacob Stanley, give you just the gist of what you need to know about a story we think you'll find interesting enough to share at a dinner party. Rosie, that hair suits you so well. I know. And you, I messaged you about a month ago saying I wanted to do the Carrie Bickmore chop. Mm. And you were like very hesitant. You were like, I don't know if you should. I don't know. Have you asked your hairdresser about it? And I was like, oh, he he loves cutting my hair off. He'll mm. be thrilled. But I finally, when I was in Sydney last week, went to Byron Turnbull at Goldie. He's the best. Mm. Everyone go. Not even sponsored. I pay a lot of money to see him because he's the best. And um, he did it. And I feel amazing. Mm. Yep. Proved me wrong once again. Yeah. Proved you wrong. Hey, what's your... I totally forgot what your topic is today. So now I'm going to be genuinely surprised. What is it? Well, I'm telling you the story of a group of teenagers who started off being called the Burglar Bunch of Hollywood (gasps) Hills, but uh, the name that's really stuck for them over the years has ended up being the Bling Ring. The Bling Ring! Oh, my God, I'm so excited! I love this story. It's going to be interesting because I suspect that you might actually know even more about them than I do, and I have immersed myself in this world for well over a week now. I've read the Nancy Joe Sales book mm. about it. Mm. She's the journalist who initially wrote about it. And then I've seen the movie with Hermione Granger. Yes. So that's as much as I know. Okay, terrific. Well, And that was years ago, so I've kind of forgotten. Cool. I just know they stole famous people's stuff. They did, yes. That really is the crux yeah. of it. If you haven't heard of the Bling Ring before, and I have been blown away with how many people that I've encountered in the last couple of weeks who don't know who the Bling Ring teens are or were. They were really? a group of teenagers who in 2008 through to the end of 2009 were breaking into the homes of some celebrities they worshipped, like Paris Hilton and Lindsay Lohan mm. and Orlando Bloom. Very 2009 so, celebrities. Such a sign of the times from back then. Yeah. <laughs> Audrina Patridge, who I'd never even heard of, but apparently ah, she yeah, was from big the back hills. then. Yeah. And in uh-huh. under a year, they managed to steal more than $3 million worth of stuff from these <laughs> oh, yes. celebrities' homes. Awesome. Yes. So Pumped. it's a good one. I think you'll enjoy it. It's a good one. But first, shall we do... <gasps> Breaking news, a breaking news. I got the scoop, a C, extra, extra, read all about it, a breaking news. First, oh my God, what we have to say, so many people have messaged me about this. You're wrong about the podcast we love and always talk about. Mm -hmm. The last two weeks have done episodes on um, newsies, which are the old school news boys. Mm 
from like the turn of the century mm. and they go into that accent and why they talk like that and how extra extra <laughs> is a thing everyone <laughs> so you should really go listen to those episodes really interesting it is isn't um, it? Yeah. all about it it's made me want to watch the disney movie i've never seen I it i know and you can't find it anywhere and i want to see um what's his name christian bale yeah. humiliate himself singing <laughs> They play a clip of him singing in this episode of You're Wrong About and it is so funny. Oh, yeah. He's bad. He's not a good singer. No, no, no. He's not a good no, singer. No, she says singing in inverted commas here, everyone. Yes. Mm. Christian Bale, you know, gives it his Christian Bale all like he does with all his roles. Mm. So he really goes for it, singing about being a newsboy, <laughs> selling his peeps, <laughs> you know, but, he, yeah, he's not great. Yeah. Okay, so this is breaking news that is not breaking, but it's just breaking to me because I only just heard mm. it and it's so funny and it's just the perfect gender dynamics, but what if she gets her period story, mm. just the most perfect one ever. So I heard yesterday, because it's been going around on TikTok, um, and I'm I'm in there in the TikTok with the kids, mm. <laughs> I'm ticking and talking, that when Sally Ride was the first American astronaut to go into space... Mm. Back in the 80s, I think, she went into space. She was scheduled to go into space for a week. Mm. And the men at NASA preparing for the first woman to go into space were so dumbfounded and confounded and confused by periods. First of all, they were like, but what if she gets her period? (laughs) Like, literally, Mm. they were like, what if she gets it while she's up there? Didn't bother to ask her if it was that time of month. I think they just thought it could come at any time. And so they said they came to her and they said, okay, we have sent a package for one week that you're in space mm. with 100 tampons. <laughs> Is that the right number? And she said to them, no, that's not the right number. And they said, do you need more? And she said, no. <laughs> No woman in history has needed a hundred tampons for a single period unless she's dying. <laughs> so, <laughs> and then they, when she got up there, they thought they were being really helpful. They had tied all the strings of the tampons together. <laughs> so, like, they were all bundled helpfully. So then even if she wanted to use one in a hurry, she had to untangle it. So they literally thought a woman needs a hundred tampons, and they to made get a rat king period. out of them by yeah. knotting up and they all made the cords. A rat- <laughs> <laughs> so that story's been going around, and I just—it uh, is the ultimate. But why if she gets her period? It really is. But I can say, in their defence, they had never experienced a woman having a period in outer space before. So they had no idea what effect weightlessness was going to have on her uterus. Jacob, I'm... No, no, (laughs) stop it. No. No. That's like saying we need to send... 5,000 rolls of toilet paper because we have no idea what effect its space is going to have on the bowels. Like... And maybe they did do that. You are literally sounding like the people who thought women shouldn't fly on planes (laughs) because their uterus would fall out of their nose. Jacob Uh, William Stanley. It does seem to be a running theme with different modes of transportation, doesn't it? 
They are literally rocket scientists, the smartest men in the world. And when it came to periods, they were like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, hilarious. Love it. TikTok content is the best. Oh, another favorite thing of mine also on TikTok is all the kids who have only just seen Catherine O'Hara as Moira Rose are mm. uh, this week realizing that she is also the mum in Home Alone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that there are all these kids on TikTok are like, what? She did other things? Mm. <laughs> like, yeah, girl, she did lots of other things. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, P.S. Go and watch Waiting for Guffman if you haven't seen yes. that. Yes. And you want Please. to give yourself a Catherine O'Hara treat. Best in show, Waiting for Guffman, mm. for your consideration, mm. is also amazing. Yes. Oh, her frozen face at the end of York for your consideration is just <laughs> heaven, heaven. <laughs> Did you know that a prisoner escaped prison in Adelaide yesterday? No. I know. And, okay, I'm saying this without knowing anything about him. Mm. I asked Caleb what he was in jail for, and Caleb said it was, like, just a lot of kind of petty theft and stealing cars. I don't know if he's done something really bad, but I'm kind of excited to, like, see how far he gets because mm. they still haven't caught him. Mm. I was driving into the city on the bus yesterday and I saw all the, um, like, the prison was surrounded by, like, police cars and stuff and I was like, ooh, something's going on. And then it started breaking on Twitter that this guy had escaped the jail and if he approaches you in the city, like, don't talk to him. He had tied his clothes together, like old school funny movie style, tied it to a window and then like climbed down his clothes out onto the street and just took off and they couldn't find him. And then yesterday he stole a car. So, I mean, he could be anywhere. I'm kind of like, go buddy. Like, I just, I mean, I don't know. He's probably, he might be a garbage person, but I'm just like, man, you never hear of them actually like getting away. Mm. Okay, three more. Amazing, amazing, amazing news. Elliot Page. Yeah. Has come out as trans today. Yeah. Star of Juno, The Umbrella Academy, a whole lot of other things. Mm. He released this beautiful statement on his Instagram saying that he is trans. He will now be called Elliot. And it has been so amazing, the outpouring of support and all these people just saying, you know what, it's such a huge deal when someone in the public eye. Absolutely has the courage to, you know, do that Mm. so publicly because it, you know, would make so many other people feel like it's okay to be who they are. It's amazing. It really is, yeah. Mm. Must have been scary, really, really scary. Yeah. But, yeah, he's handled it really, really well in the early stages and the response seems to be overwhelmingly positive, which is terrific. Yeah. Mm. And in another win for the queer community... You know how we were talking about the gay panic defence last week and I told you South Australia was the only state in Australia that hadn't abolished it Mm -hmm. and I wasn't sure what was happening this year. Um, They abolished it yesterday. Yes. I'd love to think that you had a little something to do with that, Miss Waterland. (laughs) No, I don't. I'd say it was on the sketch already. (laughs) But, um, yes, the gay panic defence has been officially abolished in South Australia, which means nowhere in Australia can that be used as a excuse for, like, provocation or anything. So, F, yeah. So good. And it's so good. And in the final win this week, well, this one's just a little bit delicious, A Hungarian politician who founded the country's conservative anti-LGBTQ party, they're against gay marriage, they're Mm. against gay people adopting children, just all the laundry list of awful things. Mm. 
He had to resign yesterday after he was caught last week by police at a gay sex orgy in Belgium. Of course. (laughs) Of Of course. course. It's always the ones who... Yeah. Toxic masculinity, Mm -hmm. gender dynamics so effed up, they hate something within themselves so badly that Mm -hmm. they become the face of being anti-that thing. Yeah. You're gay, mate. You're gay. You like penis. Mm. Like, just embrace it. Love it. Go to sex. Go to gay sex orgies. Yeah. Have fun. Enjoy your life. Stop hating yourself and stop making other yes. people have a hard and time then, as well. Yes. If you love yourself, you won't be, like, putting hatred out into the world, which is yeah. what he's been doing. So he's had to resign. The police caught him in his underwear after um, he shimmied down a drain pipe to escape when the party <laughs> got raided. <laughs> <laughs> he also had um, ecstasy on him and, um, yeah, it was it was all just a big mess for him and it's like, you know what, ha, mm. F you. And so is his so, party being dissolved now or are they going to continue fighting their hateful No, fight? they'll still keep doing it. I mm. mean, you know, one person sets down the, you know, leadership or whatever and then another person picks it up and they'll keep going but um he's been disgraced which he deserves yeah well hopefully he can just go start a new life now yeah well Mm. yeah after ruining so many other people's but Mm. uh, anyway so that is all my breaking news this week good one that was um all very informative and lots of very good news worth celebrating you thank you so much oh and one more thing we got the loveliest response to my breaking news about my sister rhiannon's cosmetic oh, injectables business yeah rhiannon.cosmetic nurse on instagram she's got a bunch of new followers she booked in some clients to get you know all the juby things in mm. your face or your jabs and whatnot i was in sydney last week and i let her do a bunch of stuff to my face that i filmed all this footage of so i'm going to put together a funny video for you excellent but yeah Still plugging Rhiannon's business. If you want to get things in your face to make you look pretty, then go to her, Rhiannon.cosmetic nurse. She's great. She's great. She's the best. Okay, that was a breaking news. I'm loving that you're in charge of the story this week because I'm going to drink some wine. <laughs> Sit back and enjoy it. This one It is so long and winding and detailed, and I have tried to condense it right down. Okay. But honestly, that has meant that I've had to cut out so much. So when we post this episode, we will have lengthy show notes with lots and lots of links for things that I want you to go and watch. Yeah. So this story hit the headlines back in late 2009, and then it really exploded globally in March of 2010. So this year, we celebrated the 10-year anniversary of all learning about the bling ring, mostly from the Vanity Fair article by the author that you mentioned, Nancy Jo Sales. She wrote an article yeah. called The Suspect Wore Louboutins, which was the definitive account of the bling ring. And I love Nancy Jo Sales, by the way. She does a FYI. very, very, she- very good job. Everything she writes about is so, like, I I, lo- 
I love all her books, all her articles. Like she writes really long form articles, mostly mm. for Vanity Fair. She's amazing. You should yeah. go look it up. Anyway. She <laughs> definitely doesn't do puff pieces. And no. she did a really great sort of investigation of the pussy posse, Leonardo DiCaprio yes. and all of his dick swinging friends. Um, yeah. And that was really fantastic. And yes, all of you should go and read her book as well if you want to know more about the bling ring. Yeah. So this grabbed so much attention because, yes, it was really well written, but also it just seemed so unimaginable to people that anyone could just waltz into a celebrity's home and steal millions of dollars worth of stuff. Plus, it confirmed a lot of really negative beliefs about millennials and teens who were fame-obsessed and they were fashion-obsessed and they were drug abusers and that they didn't see committing crime as something that was morally wrong because of the fact that the celebrities that they worshipped were frequently committing crimes themselves. Yeah. Now, most of the story that we know, we know from the article that came from Nancy Joe, and that was mostly based around um, the details that were provided by a guy called Nick Prugo. So, a lot of other people who were involved in this case deny what he says or disagree with what he says. Um, but what I'm going to share with you is mostly based around the stuff that he's provided, which in a lot of cases yeah. seems to be pretty reputable. The evidence backs it up quite well. And he's the only person that was actually at every single one of the burglaries. So, who was Nick? He was a very self-conscious, very awkward, insecure, closeted gay kid whose parents tried to help him become a child actor and they got him a little part in a movie, but that never really took off. And then he just had no real drive or ambition. So, even though he came from this fairly wealthy, upper-middle-class family... He wasn't taking advantage of the privileged life that he had Mm. laid out in front of him and he was having a bit of a falling out with his family. He'd been diagnosed with ADHD and anxiety, so he was on a lot of pharmaceutical medication while at the same time taking a whole lot of cocaine and smoking a lot of pot and drinking a lot as well. Mm. And so that meant that he was taking a lot of time off school, failing a lot of subjects. He couldn't graduate. So he was still a student at the time that a lot of this happens, even though he was 19 years old. Yes. Oh, wow, okay. 19 years old, but he'd been held back, so he was Mm. still attending school. And that's where he met Rachel Lee, and she'd also been held back because she wasn't applying herself at school. Unlike Nick, she was very popular and confident to the point that she had a reputation for being quite haughty and sort of acting like royalty. Oh, like above her station. Indeed, yes. Mm. Um, she was very Can you tell I've been watching The Crown? (laughs) Who says above your station? (laughs) Probably Margaret. (laughs) Margaret says that. Um, yeah. And she got caught shoplifting one time from Sephora. So she was on probation, but just wasn't embarrassed about it at all. That was something mm-hmm. that she, if anything, bragged about. She was very stylish. Everyone called her the best dressed person in their high school. And she loved to party and she was totally fearless. And the two of them became besties because of the fact that they both loved fashion, loved gossip magazines, loved gushing over outfits and styling on the celebrities that they both adored. And she was clearly one of the people that he felt comfortable enough with to actually come out and just be himself. And together they started going to a lot of parties, doing a lot of drugs together. And of course they needed to find a way to fund this lifestyle that they were living together. And so they started with what they called checking cars. So they'd go around to affluent neighborhoods late at night and they'd just casually walk up to really fancy cars that were parked out on the street and test the door to see if it was unlocked. 
locked and surprisingly mm-hmm. often the do- the car was not locked, which meant that they could just go in, rummage around the compartments and take whatever ah. cash and credit cards and sometimes Rich drugs they stuff. wanted. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then they'd mm. use the money to go and buy themselves clothes that they normally wouldn't be able to afford. And of course, lots mm. of drugs as well. So cars were funding the lifestyle for a little while, but then they graduated to something bigger and better, which was homes. And they started off with a home of a friend of Nick's who they knew was out of town. And Rachel said, let's just go hang out there for a few hours. They went there in this gated community. (laughs) The place wasn't locked. They let themselves in. Rachel was just totally chilled, but Nick was sort of internally freaking out from the very beginning, while Rachel started rummaging around to see what was where. And then she came across... not be freaking out? Oh, yeah. Like, I just... The bravery, like, I was such a wuss. I can't even... That... In the episode that where we talked about the Blair Witch and I said that I shoplifted that book about the Blair Witch mm. Project, that's pretty much the only thing I ever stole. I nearly threw up. I was so nervous. Mm. I was looking over my shoulder for weeks like someone from Maya was going to come knock on my door. And like, mm-hmm. I don't. How are kids this brave? Yeah. I mean, this is part of why a lot of people were theorising that Rachel Lee was actually a psychopath because she yeah. just felt no fear whatsoever. She thought nothing about repercussions and she was very, very self-absorbed. Mm, yes. Mm. Okay. Yeah. The thing that ended up calming Nick down was when Rachel found a box that had $8,000 cash in it and she said, oh, let's go ahead and split this. And he was like, okay, well, you know what? <laughs> We're not really hurting anyone, are we? And these <laughs> yes. people are rich, so it's not like they're going to miss the money anyway. We're not really doing anything wrong. And yeah. so he justified it to himself and once they finished hanging out there they went and celebrated with a little shopping trip down Melrose Avenue and that then sort of wet their appetite for the sort of haul they could get from someone's home and they thought all right let's think bigger where can we get maximum return for minimum effort and who could we rob that we wouldn't feel at all guilty about taking things from and who has lots of stuff and who would be dumb enough to leave their house unlocked Filled with cash and valuables and maybe even drugs lying around. Who? Who? Paris Hilton, specifically. (laughs) Paris Hilton, yes. That's right. They started with Paris not because she was their favourite, but because they figured she was the dumbest person that they could identify in the celebosphere. And also, it was really easy to track where Paris was on the planet, thanks to TMZ and social media. Mm. And it was also very easy to find where she lived. Um, Where was this in terms of what context are we in in terms of social media? Because 2009, did you say we're in? Yes. And so Twitter and Instagram were like just new, I think, or not out yet? Instagram existed. Twitter did come along in 2008 and Facebook was a little bit earlier than that. But no one, it wasn't huge yet. No, no. So it was mainly, they're looking at things like TMZ, which is very hard to, like, if I told my niece about TMZ, she'd be like, what? Like, but back then, it was basically minute by minute updates on what celebrities were doing. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Um, Still exists to this day, but I don't know how successful they are. And then you could pay a small subscription fee to a website called celebrityaddressarial.com and they would show you aerial shots of a celebrity's home, which then, of course, made it very easy to identify different entry points that they could test out. And also... I can't believe you can pay for that. Yeah. I think it was like $120 a year for the subscription that he had. Mm. 
And so they scoped out Paris's place, which was just outside Beverly Hills, and figured out that they could easily get inside the gated community if they climbed up a particular hill on foot. And then they had a plan that they were going to approach the house, ring the doorbells and knock to see if anyone was home, even though they were pretty sure she was on the other side of the country promoting a party. Um, If anyone did answer, they were just going to say, hey, we live in the neighbourhood and we just want to get high together. Um, But no one answered. And so they looked under the doormat, suspecting that Paris was going to be stupid enough to leave a key. And sure enough, there the key was. But they didn't even need the key because the door was just left unlocked. And inside, the alarm (laughs) system hadn't been turned on. No, Paris. (laughs) Come on, girl. Come on. Yeah. Okay. Um, Yep. (laughs) She, in her defence, she said that she figured living in a gated community, it was like the whole place was locked up and patrolled. Also, she had her housekeepers coming and going, so she figured, I'm just going to leave the key here for them. At any rate, the kids got in and for the first time ever, they went what Rachel called shopping, where they would just go around and rifle through (laughs) things and decide what it is that they wanted to take. And It would feel like that, wouldn't it? Oh, big time. Because you're just, yeah. At someone's house, taking stuff, Mm -hmm. shopping. And they imposed very few limitations on themselves because their philosophy was, we'll just take such a small amount that she won't actually notice and then we can come back time and time and time again. Uh, And on this first trip, Nick experienced a real thrill to begin with and then he started getting very paranoid and very panicky, but Rachel was just Mm. cool as a cucumber the whole time. She went around collecting clothing and bras that she wanted and after a few hours they left with a giant bottle of vodka that they took from Paris's um, private nightclub room and a couple of handfuls of cash Um, and they started making plans to come back and do it all again which they ended up doing a total of five more times before Paris noticed anything was missing that's right (gasps) yeah that make you feel so violated oh yeah but she did not notice until after the fifth go she had no idea partly because of the fact they would go in they'd hang out they'd party and then when the housekeepers would come around just before paris got home they'd just put Mm. everything back in order and she had so much stuff really hard for her to notice notice. anything was gone yeah but i mean still once you find out that people have been into your house five times Mm. You just, I don't know, that gives me the heebie-jeebies. Yeah, big time, yes. Yeah. Trying on your clothes and... Yeah. Yeah, doing God's What a violation, like being in your bedroom, like Mm. in your most private spaces, Mm -hmm. weird. Yes. That's why I took my apartment key away from my mum because I just didn't (laughs) like the idea of... Turning up whenever she, when I'm not there, I'm like, oh, mom, no. <gasps> oh, well, back. Speaking of keys, Rachel decided that she was just going to keep the spare key they found under Paris's mat on oh, her key my ring. God. And, <laughs> She's and so, literally got a key. That's right. And then Paris, when she realized that the key was missing, she just replaced it. She didn't change the locks. Oh, she just went no. ahead and put another spare key under the mat. Now, Nick claims that one time they even found a five-gram bag of cocaine that they snorted together in the personal nightclub room, which they, like I said, kept going back to every couple of weeks. 
But that regular party ended in December of 2008 because one of the guys that they brought with them got a bit greedy and he stole $2 million worth of Paris's jewellery, which were family heirlooms that had been passed down to her. And she did notice this, called the cops, and it was a minor news story for a little while, but no one was caught at the time and police had absolutely no leads. But that then meant... Yeah, it's just a robbery, like it happens. Yeah. Yeah. And then they had to sort of lay off Paris for a while at least. Um, And they lay low for the January period. And February rolled around in 2009. They decided it was time to get back to work. They just needed a new target. And this is when they decided they were going to go for Audrina Patridge, who I had never really heard of before. A lot of you may not have either. What do you remember her from? Uh, She was on the hills. Mm. And the same vibe as Paris. She's like known for being a bit of a dummy, mm-hmm. for being just kind of vapid and dumb. And if you were trying to think of, and she was huge at the time because the Hills, I think, had either just finished or was, it was huge. Mm. And if you were trying to think of who is the next dumb person on the list, mm-hmm. who this would be really easy to do this to, I'm not surprised she was the next person on the list. Yes, and it was just (laughs) as easy to get into her place. They Mm -hmm. figured she would probably be at an Oscar party on Oscar night, so that's the night that they targeted her. She wasn't actually at an Oscar party. She was just visiting family. But they figured out where she lived, approached the place, found an unlocked door. Again, no alarm had been set because Audrina just had this assumption that she lived in a safe community and people wouldn't Mm. do this sort of thing. They started shopping when they got in and they took jewellery and clothes and her laptop. Mm. They even took her passport and they managed to get $43,000 worth of stuff in one night. But in two visits, they came in. They got it, everything that they could grab on the first go, left, and then came back because they figured they could probably get some more. Yeah. First of all, I don't even have $43,000 worth of stuff in my whole house. So, like, (laughs) that's crazy. But second of all... Why her passport? Like, that, wouldn't she, A, notice it's gone, and B, what are they going to do with it? I know. I guess it was just a trophy, a souvenir. Mm. That has not been explained anywhere to me. And Bizarre. Yeah. I mean, there is a black market for passports, but surely a celebrity passport. Yeah, cele- yeah that's useless because you're not that celebrity. Like, yeah. your passport needs to be generic, no? Like, yeah. if you're buying a fake one. I mean, it's not like I can turn up to the airport and be like, yes, here's my passport, and it's like Madonna. (laughs) That's not a good fake passport. It's not, (laughs) no. Um, I would be very impressed, though, if I went around to someone's house and they had Madonna's passport framed on the wall. Um, So (laughs) I guess it could have been a cool little trophy for them. At any rate, Audrina got home just after they'd left the second time. And she found Mm. that the place was just a total mess. And she was terrified because she knew that someone had been there and could still be there. So Mm. she went and hid in the closet and called her sister. Her sister said, get out of there. So she just bolted out of the house, called the cops. Call the police. Don't call your sister. (laughs) The cops got there. There was no one there, but the security cameras had luckily been left on, even though the alarm hadn't. Yeah, see, this is what I was wondering. Like, Mm. like... Surely all these rich people have CCTV or the neighbourhoods do because Mm -hmm. they're fancy neighbourhoods. That's when I stole that book. I love how I'm acting like I'm a seasoned (laughs) thief. But when I stole that book when I was 14, that was the thing that scared me the most for weeks. I was like, there is someone who has studied the CCTV at Mm. Maya and they're going to come and find me. Yes. That's how they get you. Mm-hmm. 
facial recognition technology. Exactly. It's going to be my Yeah, undoing. like in the movies. Mm-hmm. Zoom in, enhance. And then yeah. it's like, Rosie. <laughs> Well, that was what Audrina was hoping was going to happen because Mm. she had this footage of these two kids that were rooting around in her stuff and filling up bags and she decided that to get justice, she was going to post that video footage on her own personal website um, Mm -hmm. in the hopes that someone would recognise them and come forward to dob them in. Um, That got a little bit of media attention, which was how Nick and Rachel found out that they were being sort of searched for. And they thought that one of their friends might dob them in, but no one did come forward because the footage was kind of grainy and very, very dark. Mm. And so Rachel was just like... yeah, you could never get anything from that footage. Yeah. Rachel was like, see, it's totally fine. And a week went by and then a month went by and they figured they'd got away with it. So that just increased their confidence level. And so they started then bragging to more and more people about their shopping trips to Paris's and Audrina's. And so they were telling people the stories at parties and they started posting pictures of them in their outfits on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And then they decided, all right, we're going to keep going. Let's expand this operation with more celebrities and let's get more people involved who can help us out with our little bling ring because there were a lot of people volunteering saying I really want to go to these people's homes and I want to get some of this loot that you guys are getting as well so they brought in friends from high school and from the party scene called Diana and Courtney and Alexis and Tess and they were Mm -hmm. all young pretty bit vacuous very 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 arrogant and then Over the months of April and May, they decided they were going to target Rachel Bilson, who, if you don't remember her, played Ah, Summer on the OC. Yes. And she played a character, Summer, who was sort of stereotypically um, the type of girl that a lot of these kids were aspiring to be like. Very Mm. stereotypical and shallow and beautiful and privileged and rich. And she had a bit of fashion cred under her belt as well. So Mm. she was definitely the next cream of the crop to go after. Um, they did the usual, figured out when she was away, figured out the entry point, got lucky again, unlocked, no alarms, no cameras this time. And mm. they came and they stole and they left. And it was so easy and they got so much stuff, they decided to come back mm. for more. And again, and again, and in total, they oh went shopping God. at Rachel Bilson's house six times over the course of a few weeks. And <gasps> in total, they took more than $300,000 worth of stuff. <gasps> from her yeah and did did they stop because she noticed finally or just because what they'd cleaned her out i think she came back from shooting a movie or something ah okay 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 okay. yes oh my gosh Mm. i'm not entirely sure whether she did or didn't alert the police but um they got so much of her jewelry and clothing and handbags that they decided they were just going to sell some of it so once they'd worn it or taking a picture with it, they sold it off at a little market stall they set up down at the Venice Beach boardwalk and made themselves a couple of grand. Yeah. (gasps) Hey, they're pretty bloody industrious, these kids. Like, they're Mm. pretty smart. Mm. (laughs) I mean, it's all completely criminal, but clever. They're coming up with a smart idea and they're putting in effort. If they had just put that level of effort and those brains to work at something legitimate, they could have achieved something far greater than what they did. As is the way with all scam artists, Mm -hmm. the number one being Elizabeth Holmes. (laughs) Always Um, the same. Do you have any updates on her trial, by the way? No, just that a few weeks ago she had an appearance in court and her lawyers were trying to ask the judge 
to ignore the way she spent her wealth because her wealth is not relevant to mm. the crime she committed mm. and they think that knowing she flew on private planes and lived in mansions would turn the jury against her, which is crazy because it's like you wouldn't have that wealth unless you did the fraud. Yes. <laughs> so they were basically saying she got the money from this fraud but you can't blame her for spending that money and being rich <laughs> because that will make people not like her. So can we please not tell them how she spent all her fraud money? And the judge was like, lol, no, F off. So that's the latest update I know about that. But she's in court at the moment. It's happening. Does she have Rudy Giuliani as a lawyer? That is such a stupid defence. Well, I mean, she must have rich lawyers because she's, however much money she lost in the whole thing, she's now engaged to a billionaire. Um, mm. So she would have the best defence going. So, of course, they're just going to pull out every kind of stop. Mm. That's the best defence that they could get. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, not a defence. It was more just like we're trying, we know that our client is so hateable. Mm. Is there anything we can do to make her slightly less hateable? Yes, please don't let the jury know how lavishly she spent money. And the judge was like, soz, no. So I'm keeping my eye on it. I'll keep you posted. Good, good. All right. Just before we move on from Rachel Bilson to the next celebrity, there is a story which is in almost every single report. And this only comes from Nick. But like I said, I think we can, for the most part, trust what he says. Yeah. He tells a story that on one of the visits to Rachel Bilson, Wilson's home, Rachel Lee felt so totally comfortable and calm and composed and just had no shits to give, but she did have a shit to take when she was there one time. And so she <gasps> used Bilson's toilet to dump a load in front of all of her friends because <laughs> she just felt like she was at home, like this was her place. And she was yeah. wearing these people's clothes and carrying their handbags and inhabiting their spaces and living their lives. So why not hey. poop in their toilets? Why not drop a deuce? Why not mm-hmm. drop the kids off at the pool while you're there? <laughs> oh, well, hey, hey but i got to say, that doesn't seem super outrageous to me. Like, if you need to go, you need to go. Well, yeah, I, everyone was talking about the fact that this is how calm and relaxed she was. I was like, well, don't you poop when you're nervous? Yeah. Well, you or, but don't you just poop when you need to poop? Like, <laughs> I, I would have, I would poop any, like, yeah, okay. They to were me, spending so much like, time there. It's not surprising yeah. that one of them needed to go at some point. <laughs> and then she did a poo in the toilet. <laughs> Again. Like, yeah, where else? Yeah. <laughs> they used it as a data point that she was a psychopath. Maybe. Okay. I don't believe she was. Anyway. (laughs) No. um, So collectively they were working on a few different targets that they were going to go after. Miley Cyrus, Hilary Duff, Vanessa Hudson. They had a plan Mm -hmm. to rob Ashley Tisdale and they actually turned Mm -hmm. up ready to go shopping. But then they got caught by a guest that they (gasps) didn't know was going to be on the property. So they had to retreat there. And then they came up with a plan to target Miranda Kerr, who was at Mm -hmm. the time living with Orlando Bloom. So Mm -hmm. four of them one night in the middle of July, Rachel, Nick, Alexis and Diana went around to their place to get some of Miranda's clothes and Victoria's Secret lingerie. Drove up to the place in two cars, parked a little bit down the road, cut a hole in the fence and walked up to the house backwards with their heads covered with hoodies so that the cameras wouldn't see them. They'd learnt their lesson from Audrina's place and they were covering themselves now. 
Yeah. They tested all the doors and found that one of them was unlocked in the pool area and they mm. stayed there for two hours making multiple trips back and forth to the <gasps> back cars. Back down to the... Oh! <laughs> mm-hmm. And they managed to get half a million dollars worth of stuff this time. Huge amount. In one amount. go. Yep. In a two-hour period. A lot of that value came from the fact that they got 10 Rolex watches from Orlando's <gasps> collection. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, who needs 10 Rolex watches? I That's, know. Serves you right. Mm-hmm. You and your giant penis that everyone's seen. <laughs> Have you seen that photo of Orlando Bloom's giant, <laughs> giant Clutching penis? my pearls, but, uh, yeah, um, it's not unimpressive, yeah. no. Mm. It's not unimpressive. It, well, yeah, it's giant for a – I feel like there's probably, like, <laughs> all the non-white people are just going, <laughs> that wasn't big at all. Um, <laughs> there is, if you Google it, if you care to Google it, a photo of him um, – what do you call it? Paddleboarding? Where you paddle stand boarding, up on yeah. the paddleboard and he's mm. in the buff and just <laughs> swinging in the wind. <sighs> anyway. uh, there you go. <laughs> Homework, everyone. Maybe we'll post a link mm. to that in the show notes. Um, and in addition to Miranda's clothes, Rachel also took a bunch of artwork that she was going to use to decorate the place that she was moving to in Vegas <laughs> because she was planning to move in with her dad for a while. I um, kind of like her. <laughs> It's really funny. Yeah. And so they took off and uh, Orlando and Miranda did notice that they'd been robbed, but it took them Mm. a while. In that time, Rachel had moved to Vegas. She hadn't been getting along with her mum back home, so she went to live with her dad. Nick drove her over there in a car full of all her stolen stuff, including Orlando Bloom's rug that she decided she wanted in addition to the artwork. (laughs) And Nick was really sad to see her leaving Calabasas, but she wasn't gone for very long because she had a couple of other people that were on her hit list. She really wanted some of Megan Fox's stuff and she also was not going to rest until she'd had the chance to go shopping at Lindsay Lohan's place because Leela was her biggest icon. This is such a cool time capsule of who was cool (laughs) at one point in time. Mm -hmm. It's so weird. It is. Um, But... I mean, Lindsay Lohan and Paris Hilton were very much on the downhill Mm. turn at this stage. They've had a lot of problems with um, DUIs and being caught possessing Mm. drugs and then breaching their parole. So they were in and out of prison a lot and they were sort of doing more and more scandalous things to try to remain relevant and in people's Mm. attention because attention was starting to turn towards the Kardashians big time. Yeah, because their show had just come out, I think. Yes, that's right. Um, plus all the Disney kids like Zac Efron and Vanessa mm. Hudgens were really starting to get more attention. But still, Rachel Lee worshipped Lindsay Lohan, so she needed to have her as her biggest conquest. So first off, they robbed Megan Fox, who was living at Brian Austin Green's house. Brian Austin Green, if you're too young, and I imagine a lot of you are, he played <laughs> David Silver in 90210, the original <laughs> series, an absolute timeless classic. Yeah. And when they were robbing Megan Fox's stuff, Nick helped himself to a bunch of Brian's things, including a locked box that he figured was just going to be full of jewellery, but turned out Mm. to actually have a semi-automatic handgun in it. Oof. Yeah. And Brian and... Megan didn't even notice that they had been robbed until months later when these kids were arrested. (gasps) Yeah, they just had no clue. And then they went and checked... 
Oh my god. Okay. Do you feel like that's irresponsible gun ownership to not notice that your gun is 100%. missing? One hundred percent. Yes. Oh, like if you don't even notice it's missing, you don't need to own it. Get it out of your house. Americans are stupid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not the most egregious violation of the gun rights that they have there, which are completely unnecessary. Mm. But you're right. It is pretty bad. Mm. And then shortly after that, August 23rd, it was time to go after Fishlips Lohan. And I think this is the time when famously one of the girls, Diana, crawled in through Lindsay's doggy door to get into the house. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, to be that thin. (laughs) Oh, yeah. She was teeny, teeny, tiny. When they got inside, this was only three of them. So it was Rachel, Diana and Nick. The girls went into a frenzy trying on clothes. They grabbed as much as they could get their hands on. They took $130,000 worth of stuff. And like I've said, Nick was always pretty jumpy when they would go shopping together in these homes, but he was especially spooked this time around because he just knew Lindsay Lohan, of all people, was going to have cameras set up. Oh, and also Lindsay Lohan, I think, would notice, like, Mm. her, you know what I mean? Mm. Like, I just, because, not because she's astute, but because she's, like, vain and loves her clothes and would notice certain things missing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's bizarre because she's incredibly messy. Like, the place was a pigsty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But because she is, I think she's a hoarder, really, when you see mm. pictures of her place, hoarders oh, will usually that, notice um, if something's missing. Yeah, that uh, documentary she did with Oprah where Oprah yeah. was like, I can fix Lindsay. Mm-hmm. And she went in and, like, there's whole episodes of that doco of her just, like, trying to clean out her clothes and her stuff and her, Mm -hmm. like, she just hoards possessions. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So she could just sense it with her Lilo spidey yeah. senses. Some things are missing here. Um, yeah. So she checked the security cameras and sure enough, there was footage of all of their faces. Mm-hmm. It was low quality, but it was enough to identify them. So um, the LAPD told her, you're allowed to leak this to TMZ if you want to. So they published <gasps> ah. the footage and they asked the public, please come forward if you recognise these people. Nick yeah. freaked out. He knew exactly what was coming, so mm-hmm. he was smart enough to quickly move all of his hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of stolen stuff into storage at his grandmother's basement. Oh, grandma. <laughs> Pin it on the old broad. Yeah, he's trying to pin it on his grandma. Meanwhile, Rachel is throwing Nick under the bus by calling up the police and saying he and Lindsay Lohan have been working on this together to get her publicity. It's all a stunt and she's behind it and he's just someone that he's she's been bossing around. What? How mm. could she think she could get away with that story? What an I idiot. Know. Desperation. And, of course, a bunch of people started coming forward um, saying that they'd heard these kids talking at parties and they went to their school. And Facebook then provided a really convenient way for the police to identify who was friends with whom and who was in pictures with whom and what items they were featuring in the pictures that they were posting on social as well. So So they were were posting all photos with the stuff, like, showing off. that's right. Yeah, look at me with my Chanel handbag. Yeah. Yeah. So Nick was brought in for questioning in September and he denied everything as mm-hmm. did anyone else who was questioned, just said, I know nothing. Kept that up for about two weeks. And then in October, Nick turned himself in wearing Orlando Bloom's T-shirt that he'd stolen. <laughs> <laughs> and 
He sang like Mariah Carey. He confessed to every single charge and yeah. more. He told them about crimes that they didn't even know had been committed, including <laughs> robbing Brian Austin Green and Megan Fox. And he didn't yeah. have a deal in place at all. He told them everything oh. before he got any sort of plea deal. And Silly. he said at the time that he just needed to do it because the guilt was overwhelming. It was eating him up from inside. He couldn't sleep. He couldn't eat. His hair was falling out. And mm. so he needed to just clear his conscience. That was his can story just, that he said at the time. Can I just say, as mm. someone who is an avid true crime consumer, the one lesson I've learned that if I ever get in trouble for anything, whether I've done it or not, is you do mm. not say a word until you get a lawyer. <laughs> do not say a word until you get a lawyer. Mm-hmm. This has been Rosie Waterland, criminal <laughs> advice. Okay. <laughs> I love you say that and yet you've repeatedly admitted to a crime on this podcast. Do you think Maya's going to come and prosecute me for <laughs> stealing a twenty four ninety five book in, what year was it, 1999? I think I'm safe. <laughs> I hope I mean, so, for your back. sake. <laughs> I'll pay it back. And I was, I know how he feels. I was stressed to the point where my hair yeah. was almost falling out. I was, mm. oh, I felt sick every day. It's how I knew I was not built for a life of crime. Yeah. So it's probably true that he did feel that way. He says that his lawyer told him, just be really repentant, confess, tell them everything, be really cooperative. They'll go easy on you if you just act really apologetic and also act like you're the victim of Rachel. Like you were totally smitten by her and you would do anything for her. So that's, yeah. Um, Yeah. After all this case though, this sort of got flipped on its head because his lawyer proved to be pretty dodgy and, um, he ended up being barred from ever practicing law ever again because of some of Uh the unethical things that he was doing and he was totally corrupt. And so that was sort of called into question that it was bad advice that he'd given to Nick. The lawyer then said, well, uh, no, I never told Nick to do any of those things. He chose to sing like a canary because he wanted to make sure he didn't go down on his own. He wanted the others to face punishments as well, which was why he dobbed everyone in. And he Mm. also really wanted the publicity and the fame. He wanted to be notorious. And so this was his way of Mm. making sure he got the most attention out of everyone while making sure he dragged everyone down with him. So they sort of had this kind of conflict over whose idea was it to confess Mm. in that way. At any rate, we know that Nick definitely did start to get off on the fame. He received and just automatically accepted thousands of new Facebook friend requests from strangers. Because it was was huge at the time. It's hard to explain to people, but, like, Facebook was pretty new. We mm. sort of just transitioned from MySpace to Facebook. Mm-hmm. and But it was still at a time where websites like TMZ were huge. And so, like, everybody heard about this mm. and these kids. And it was like they became celebrities in their own right on TMZ right. and on Perez Hilton and on mm-hmm. all those gossip sites. Yeah, Yeah, for it sure. was nuts. And they were totally getting off on that. And they were being yeah. idolised by some kids who just overtly said, I really wish I was part of the bling ring. And, yeah. you know, he found that incredibly flattering. People were setting up fan accounts for him on social media. And it's, you know, it's hard to feel sorry for people who are so wealthy that they don't even notice their stuff's gone. It's like, right. well, then what difference mm-hmm. does it make to you? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. 
Yeah, the public okay. response was really interesting. It was, you know, a lot of people who were like, ha yes, eat the rich. Let's all yeah. go out and start stealing from stupid celebrities like that. And then yeah. there were other people saying, oh, my God, this is just the downfall of society. Another mm. rung down the ladder that we've gone. What are we going to do about these youths? And, you know, whatever your point of view was, you still just wanted to read as much as you could about this story. And so Nick was very happy to oblige all the different media outlets who wanted to interview (laughs) him, TV, newspapers, everyone, and especially Nancy Joe, who we've been mentioning. Is he in jail at this point or have they let him off on bail or what's happening? They briefly let him off on bail and then his parents revoked that. So then he actually did have to go back to jail. His yeah. parents revoked mm. his bail. Yeah. Oh, brutal. Because, like I'd said, he was going through a pretty lengthy falling out with them. I suspect it yeah. was partly because of the fact that he hadn't yet come out and also because he was taking a whole lot of drugs as well. So okay. his family said, look, the best place for you to be is actually prison. So he just spewed out every single detail of every robbery to the cops. He gave them names, he gave dates, he gave addresses, everything, um, gave as much information about who had what items as possible. And he wasn't just saying Mm. it to the cops, he was saying it to journalists as well. Um, And so based (laughs) on his evidence, they started making arrests, including Mm -hmm. arresting Rachel over in Vegas. Yeah. And she'd been pretty thorough. She knew the cops were coming, obviously, and she'd hidden as much of her stuff as she could. But when the cops got there, they were very thorough and they did find some Mm. clothes that they could prove belonged to the celebrities. They also found something very incriminating, which was nude Polaroids of Paris Hilton in the rubbish (gasps) bin outside. And they came from, according to Nick, yeah, right, big violation. Such a violation. That Mm. is awful. That Mm. takes it from, oh, silly kids stealing clothes to you're you're a dick. Yeah. They had found them in a safe in Paris's wardrobe that had been left unlocked, of course. And they thought we could take these and sell them to the media. But, of course, when they started shopping them around, no one was interested because everyone's seen Paris naked. Yeah. One um, night in Paris. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but that is, can you imagine her looking in that safe, seeing the photos are gone, the mm. anxiety and panic she would have felt, not yeah. knowing where they were or who had them or, oh, oh. Yeah. And to dispose of them, Rachel thought she'd just chuck them in the bin outside because the cops will never think to look there. Um <sighs> So as soon as Rachel realised that they'd found this photo, she realised the jig was up. And so she just straight away started panicking and asking for leniency, saying, if I tell you where everything is and who's got what, will you go easy on me? Um, They brought her in for questioning and straight away she asked, have you spoken to any of the victims? And the investigator said, we've spoken to all of the victims. And straight away she got really excited and said, what did Lindsay say? God, it yep. does make you say, uh, fear for the future. What is mm-hmm. what has society become? Indeed, and that is in the official police transcript as well. Um, oh, bless her. and it's sort of made its way into law as this iconic mm-hmm. moment. The most theatrical <laughs> arrest award, though, has to go to Alexis. 
She had mm. been out partying the night before, as she always did, and that meant lots of different types of drugs. When she'd got home, she'd popped a Xanax, passed out. She knew she had to get up early the next morning to film her reality TV show. It was day two of shooting the reality TV show she'd been given, and I'll explain <laughs> a bit about that in a sec. But when she heard knocking on the door in the morning, she figured it was the camera crew there ready to start filming, opens the door and it's the cops who arrest her and take her in for questioning. Just to sort of (laughs) clarify what had happened with this TV show of Alexis's. Yeah. I say it was hers, but it was actually based around her family. She just made sure that she was the protagonist, the Kim of the show. Um, It was about her and her biological sister, Gabby, and her sort of adopted sister, Tess, and their mum, who was very sort of woo-woo spiritual. Um, So they were just trying to, like, off the back of the Kardashians, keeping up with the Kardashians, they were just trying to do another Kardashian show. That's basically. right. Yeah. Yeah. And it okay. was going to be called um, Homeschooled originally, and it was going yeah. to be all about these kids whose mum was teaching them the ways of the secret because that's what she was really into. <laughs> of course, yeah. It was a very wild, permissive household. They all smoked marijuana together. Um, the girls would go out so. partying all the time. Yeah. How they got this TV show, it's a really long story, and I will post a link to a podcast that does a very thorough job explaining how they mm. got here. But basically, Tess and Alexis had appeared in a movie. A producer said, hey, you guys are really fun. Would you like to do a sizzle reel for a reality TV show? Mm. They said, yes, that would be a dream come true. Chelsea Handler gave it the green light and funded <laughs> the project. So they started making it. I mean, it really was, it was the time, the Keeping Up With The Kardashians exploded in such a way and plus the simple life had just been on with Paris Hilton and Nicole Ritchie. Mm. It just was a time when people, particularly in the US where they have money to just throw at the wall when it comes to TV production, Mm. everyone had a reality show. Like they were just, oh, are you mildly pretty and sort of interesting? Here's a million bucks. Go make a thing. Like everyone was getting them back then. Yeah, it was so lucrative. And I mean, the producer was a comedian called Dan Levy, not Shit's Creek, Dan Levy. Oh, yeah, no, I know Dan Levy, the comedian. Yeah. Yeah, um, he's funny. He had no experience producing, no experience in reality TV, but he knew that there was cash to be made and he figured these girls are yeah. a little bit wild. Let's point a camera at them and see what happens. Well, when they pointed the camera at them, one of them got arrested. And so (laughs) they decided, all right, let's use this. And instead of making this about the fact that these girls are homeschooled in the teachings of The Secret, let's make season Mm. one be all about Alexis being tried as a member of the Bling Ring. And so (laughs) they renamed the show from homeschooled to Pretty Wild and... They, for episode one, actually recreated the arrest so that people could follow from the minute that (laughs) she'd had handcuffs put on. So they did everything they could to just cash in on all of this Mm. huge amount of publicity that we've mentioned. Um, Alexis denied being involved in any way, but of course they found stolen merchandise in her home. And the show pulled some strings to make sure that she could then be the first to go to trial on her own. All the rest of them were tried collectively as a group, but Mm. she had her own separate trial so that it could actually feature in the Pretty Wild TV series, which you can access on, there's an app called Hey You, if you want to watch it. It's only one season, but you can actually really watch the demise of Alexis (laughs) unfold here. Oh, no, I'm laughing, but oh, okay. 
Yeah. <laughs> now, all these kids who were once upon a time friends slash colleagues started turning on each other pretty much straight away. So Alexis yeah. was claiming that she'd been calling the police, trying to dob in Nick and Rachel for ages. And Rachel was offering to hand over every other member of the ring if she got a deal. Mm. One of them did something that was just plain catty to be mean. They put an open can of tuna in Courtney's car because she didn't have a sense of smell and they knew the tuna would rot and she wouldn't identify <gasps> it, but it would just ruin the interior of her car and make her smell like rotten fish. Oh, no. Oh, so they're all just being mean girls to each other at this point. In the biggest way possible. Yeah. And, of course, Nick had dobbed on everyone, including people they had no idea were connected. A guy who called himself Johnny Dangerous. Nick told them (laughs) he's the one who's got the Rolexes and he's also got Brian Austin Green's gun. And sure enough, the cops Mm. went around to his place and he had those things. He went straight to jail because he had previous felonies. Yeah, stolen. And if you have a stolen firearm, I'm pretty sure you get, like, busted. Um, So he was sent to jail for three years um, and Nick dobbed in a guy called Roy who had a Louis Vuitton bag of Paris's full of those $2 million worth of jewellery. So at least she got that back. He was just so inept. He tried to sell it, but he couldn't offload it to anybody. (laughs) And he'd had a year to do it, but he just couldn't figure it out. Yes. Just sitting under his bed. (laughs) Yeah. And so from this point, this is when an officer called Brett Goodkin takes over and Uh he himself was very much obsessed with the publicity that you could get from a story like this. So he Mm. was talking to the media a lot and he was making sure that the case stayed in the headlines by giving more and more attention and more and more information um, about what was sort of unfolding. And he'd give really good sound bites, like saying, it might be a stretch, but is wanting to wear someone's clothes that different from wanting to wrap yourself up in their skin like that guy from the silence of the lambs and Uh, yes (laughs) (laughs) yes it is very different (laughs) yeah but I mean he was quoted far and wide and just got really swept away in it all and then he became a part of the story itself when he agreed to talk to the Vanity Fair article and then ended up becoming a consultant on the movie that was based on that article that Sofia Coppola made. Everyone in Hollywood just gets in on the movie rights. Yeah, I love completely. It. <laughs> but then he didn't ask for permission from his boss at the LEPD. Uh, and he mistake. also took it way too far when he turned up to set one day to make sure that they were doing all the accurate things when they were doing the arresting scenes. And Sophia yeah. said, do you want to just actually be in the scene and do it for us? And he said, yes. So he ended <laughs> up playing a cop himself in the movie. All of this was just way too much. And so the defence so attorneys all just said. Meta. Yeah. They were saying this case has been completely mishandled by this guy who's trying to make it all about him and who's trying to seek his own fame. Judge, you need to throw this case out, which the judges, they didn't do, but they made the decision we're going to have to be really lenient with these people, otherwise they're going to come back and fight whatever sentencing they give to us. So this Goodkin guy kind of disgraced himself and he really reduced the credibility of a lot of the things, um, you know, a lot of the claims that were being made. And so a lot of these kids got off really lightly. They either just got put on parole or they got a short stint in jail that they would then be let out because of good behaviour or whatever. Alexis was given 180 days in jail, but she only served 30 of it. And then she was back out. 
Yeah. And while she was in there, she was put into the same cell that Paris Hilton had been in a few months before <laughs> when she breached yes. her parole. And she was in Perfect. the cell one over from Lindsay Lohan because Lindsay yeah. was locked up because she had also breached her parole. And so mm-hmm. when Alexis got out, she started talking to the media about what it was like to go to sleep listening to Lindsay Lohan crying and the ways that Lindsay was yeah. treated in there and the fact that Lindsay was allowed to leave her hair extensions in while she was in prison, but everyone else had to take them out. She was doing everything she could to clutch on to the fame that she was certain she was destined for. And, you know, the reality show by this point had been cancelled. And she also was devastated by the fact that the Vanity Fair piece that Nancy Joe wrote, Alexis thought that was going to just be all about her. And then once that was released, she realised she was just one of a few people who were portrayed in there. And she took <laughs> massive issue with the fact that Nancy Joe claimed that she turned up to court wearing Louboutins, when in actual fact she turned up wearing four-inch BB heels. And I'm going to post... <gasps> A link to the video of when Alexis calls Nancy <laughs> Joe to melt the F down at her over the fact that this had been a hatchet job when she was expecting it to be a puff piece, just talking about how she was an emerging star in Hollywood. I will say though, she's not I she's not crazy to think that she could transition this into legitimate fame. I mean, everybody mm. knows that Kim Kardashian initially got famous because she was in a sex tape and then Mm -hmm. she took that terrible thing and sort of parlayed it into opportunities and now she's a billionaire. Like, so Mm -hmm. this girl, Alexis, yeah, she was in prison for a month for stealing stuff. And if Mm -hmm. she'd played it, if she'd had a Kris Jenner, if she'd had a smart Mm -hmm. mummager, she could have ridden the coattails of her crime to major success. Yeah, uh, her mum t- tried. She really did give it a red hot go, but um, she not was, a Chris Jenner. Yeah, she Chris was. Chris Jenner's uh, one in a million. Uh huh. Andrea, the mum, she was uh, much more into getting high than she was into getting contracts <laughs> yes. for the girls. I will say Alexis is still giving it a red hot go. So still, ju- oh really? Yeah. She released a book last year called Recovering from Reality. Um, which was all about the last 10 years from when she was arrested. Mm -hmm. She started up a podcast as well, also called Recovering from Reality, where she talks about her whole story. She's now the mother of two. Sounds like it'd be awful. It really is. It is so self-indulgent. And she's trying to position herself as this sort of self-help guru, which is kind of what she said she wanted to be back when she was arrested. And she said Mm. that she was like Angelina Jolie, but she was thinking bigger. And one day she wanted to lead a huge organisation, maybe even lead a country. She just wanted to benefit the world in some way. Maybe uh, organisation or like, I don't know, maybe a country. Mm. (laughs) Who knows? Think big. Um, Think big. Think big, babe. Think big, babe. Yeah. That's what she's trying to do now. But what it's so obvious what she's really trying to do is just make herself famous somehow. She has not given up. If you are curious to know more about her, though, watch the Pretty Wild documentary and then listen to her podcast. Mm -hmm. And it is painfully self-indulgent. Have a look at her Instagram as well. It's Alexis Haynes. And you can see just how highly she thinks of herself and how label-obsessed she still is today. I've got to go and look right now. <laughs> I've got to go and look she, right now. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, here she is. 
Oh, she sucks. She's only 28, but she looks like she's 58 because she's had so much work done. So much work done. So just over the top with fillers. Mm -hmm. If you go to Rhiannon.cosmetic nurse, she'll never let you look like this. Mm -mm -mm. She's 28. Yeah. Oh, guys, you've all got to go look at this. Okay, yeah. In terms of the other members of the Bling Ring, Rachel, she just hid from the limelight completely. She was invited Mm. to come and be a consultant on Sofia Coppola's Bling Ring movie. Um, And she said, no, thanks. I'm just not ready to. Really? Yeah. Mm. But um, once her sort of confidence had been reestablished a few years later, 2017, she was at a party with Emma Watson and she actually went up to her and said, hey, you're in a movie about me. I'm the real life Rachel Lee. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And what did Emma Watson say? She was just like, oh, okay, nice to meet you. And then Ew, thank that was you. It. Hello, goodbye. <laughs> pip, pip, London. Hello, Pamora. Yes. <laughs> Courtney just completely disappeared. Diana ended uh-huh. up in the wellness community. I would bet money that she is in the QAnon circle of definitely. the LA wellness scene. And definitely mm. pushing some MLMs on her high school friends. Mm hmm. And Nick, he has really been on a wild ride and this is very sad, but he has proven himself. Yes, he is a drug addict and yes, he is mentally unwell. He is also Mm. a total effing scumbag and he ruined a woman's life. Yes. So first off, he went to jail again. He came out from the bling ring theft. Yeah. Um, He was let out early for good behavior and, uh, he got back into drugs. He was caught and that breached his parole. And so mm-hmm. he then had mm-hmm. to go back to jail for a while. When he got out of jail that second time, by that point, the Bling Ring movie had come out and he decided he was going to meet up with Nancy Joe Sales to talk about it all. She basically just yeah. wanted to catch up with him. When he got there, he met Nancy Joe's friend that she was having a drink with before she met up with him. This was a woman mm. called Dawn, who was a celebrity esthetician. And they actually got along pretty well. The three of them sat there, had a drink. And then Dawn said, hey, you and I both live in the valley. Why don't I give you a lift, Nick? Mm-hmm. And they started chatting. While they were chatting in the car, they came up with this idea for a TV show where Nick and Tess would go around to fancy homes and show how you could break into them. And they were we're going to call the show High End Heists. And even though Dawn, <laughs> once again, that. no... I'd watch that. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, he was trying to position himself as this mastermind yeah. genius, but he did have a decent track record. But, of course, it was all just mm. cashing in on the Bling Ring brand. Yeah. And Dawn had no experience in producing or anything, but she figured she had some connections because she, you know, did Jennifer Aniston's mm. bikini waxing. So I can probably <laughs> find you someone who can make Everyone this in just Hollywood. give me a 20% cut. Yeah. And so they started working together on producing this thing. A guy that Nick had met in prison um, came on board to help out with the project. Mm. It ended up going to pieces and Dawn just to stop Nick from sending her so many abusive text messages, um, Mm. told the police that he breached his parole by going out of the country and also that he was taking drugs again. So she Mm -hmm. orchestrated Nick being sent back to jail for a little while. And when he got out, that's when he launched a revenge campaign against Mm. her where he 
Honestly, the things he did, they were so incredibly vile. And I will post an article that outlines outlines the entire story. But one of the most Mm. awful things he did, he posted an ad on Craigslist saying, hi, I'm a woman called Dawn who has a rape fantasy. I want you to come (gasps) around to my house. Here's my address. I want you to knock down the door and I want you to assault me. Um, so she was no. then just bombarded with men showing up to her place. He was posting her phone number in terrible places. So she was constantly getting all these awful phone calls. And then they made it seem like the most likely culprit who was doing this to her was actually a rival esthetician who worked nearby to her. And yeah. so she started sending joking text messages to people saying, I'm going to arrange to get this guy killed, which those text messages then ended up being sent to the police and the police took it seriously as a threat. (gasps) They arrested her. She couldn't (gasps) post the million-dollar bail that they needed from her. So she ended up being in jail for almost a year. (gasps) Yeah. Lost her business, (laughs) lost her house, lost absolutely everything. And, of course, this was all orchestrated by Nick and his awful, awful friend. Um, she was able finally to get the police to believe her. So they started investigating, figured out that it was Nick and his friend. And you would think that they would suffer really, really terrible consequences for that. They got community service. You were orchestrating the sexual assault of someone. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, okay, so he's just a vile piece of human garbage. Foul. And that happened a couple of years ago. I kind of liked him at the start. I thought he was just a cute little gay boy who, you know, didn't get to come out and his parents were mean. Yeah. And, oh, and I no. think, yeah, that is sort of how he's portrayed in Sofia Coppola's movie as well. Yeah. P.S. There's another movie made by Lifetime, which I haven't been able to track down, but <gasps> oh, apparently. I love Lifetime movies. I will post a link to the trailer. That's all I've been able to find. Okay. But yeah, it seemed a lot of people loved the narrative. And I think that this is partially driven by race because Rachel was part Korean. They loved Uh the narrative that Rachel was the bossy mastermind ringleader who Mm. forced Nick into doing this because he was just a sort of lovesick puppy dog who was just, Mm -hmm. you know, bedazzled by her. Um, In actual fact, considering he's the one that tried so hard to maintain a level of fame, whereas she just wanted to go and live anonymously, and the fact that he's then gone on to continue committing crimes and actively trying to ruin a person's life. Yeah, he's a total see you next Tuesday. Yeah, he is not a victim at all. Where is he now? I imagine he would still be on parole, but the last we've heard from him was from 2017 when he was sentenced to that community service. For that crime against Dawn. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine there would be many media outlets who would want to talk to him after he'd done that. Oh, God. Yeah, he's toxic now. Mm. Gosh, this has so many tentacles, but I want to explore each one of them. (laughs) I know. That's why I have to post so many links. And, you know, maybe one day if we get a Patreon up and running, we can do like an extra Beyond the Gist episode and give you more. Um, But, yeah, I'll give you plenty of resources. Yeah. Mm. So is that, that's it. That's the bling ring. Yeah, that's ultimately. Just the gist. Of the bling ring. Oh, yeah, something that, was that good. happened 10 years ago. And, you know, even if you knew that story, it's worth revisiting because it's just incredible. <laughs> it is such, the, it's like the quintessential Hollywood story. Like even mm. the police dealing with the case become consultants on the movie and end up in the movie. And yep. like the fact that in 10 years, there's articles, there's a book, there's a movie, there's a documentary that like, it's just, 
people mm-hmm. in Hollywood will literally just cash in on whatever is the thing people are talking mm-hmm. about that second, and then they yep. and then it's done. They're gone. Yep. And everyone wanted to be associated with this as well. So many people coming forward saying, I knew those people. They ended up with really expensive lawyers um, because lawyers were like fighting with each other over who got to try the case. Whether you were on the defence or the prosecution, you just wanted to be involved in something that was as high profile as this. The other thing that I think is just wild is the fact that, I mean, Lindsay and Paris had criminal records themselves and you know they'd broken the law in many many ways um but they were given such special treatment when they were then the victim Mm. of a crime like no other victim would have got the sort of consideration and devoted attention that they got which again i think came down to sort of this adoration for celebrity that you find there Mm. that you probably wouldn't find anywhere else in the world so weird Mm -hmm. so interesting Oh, that was good. I just want to gossip about this all day. <laughs> that was really good. And it reminds me a lot, actually, of um, Anna Delvey. Yeah. Like, and I think because, what, she's getting out on parole in February mm. and we will see whether she is the one who manages to, you know, parlay her crime into a legitimate sort of fame. Yeah. Have you read her blog post? Yes, I was just clicking on it now so I could read it out. So she put a post on Instagram linking to a new blog she has called Anna Delvey Diaries. Mm. And when you go to Anna Delvey Diaries, she's got um, a little contact page and it says, talk to me, and it's got write me, and she's got a Gmail there, follow me on Instagram and Twitter, pay me Bitcoin or whatever, Sue me and a link to her lawyers. <laughs> I love her. I, mm, I'm excited for her to get out of prison so I can see what she does next. But I, she's, she is doing what I think that Alexis loser wanted to do and tried to do, mm. like taking the crime and she's like making something legitimate out of it and I just can't wait to see what happens because yeah. you could either end up like, you know, all the people in the bling ring or mm-hmm. maybe Anna Delvey will rule an organisation or maybe one day a country. <laughs> I want ingenuity. to go to there. <laughs> I want to go to there, a country that Anna Delvey is president of. What Everyone thought. would be so stylishly dressed. <laughs> you know what's a funny, okay, we're nearly finished, guys, but a thing that I could never quite get over reading all the stuff about Anna Delvey is when they went back and talked to all the super rich, like, hundred millionaires and billionaires mm. that she socialised with, this one guy said once, um, I got the feeling that she wasn't wealthy because I had breakfast with her one day and she ordered scrambled eggs, but she asked for them to be well cooked and no wealthy society person would ever get well cooked scrambled eggs. (laughs) And I was like, what? (laughs) Like apparently it's a rich society thing to have your scrambled eggs kind of runny. And he was like, that was the giveaway to me. like oh my god there's so rich people have so many rules that's okay i've never I've forgotten wanna... that that's so <laughs> Cause weird because I, I find runny eggs gross so when i make scrambled eggs i cook them really well mm. and i was like oh my god am i giving it away that i'm like trash <laughs> <laughs> 
Whenever I go to a cafe and said, can I, can those eggs be well done? They're like, ugh, plebe, pleb. I'm going to look into this and we may Commoner. end up doing just the gist of um, rich rules. I know, right? I could, mm. I, yeah, I don't know why that quote stuck with me, but I was like, oh, she gave us away by ordering well-cooked scrambled eggs. <laughs> oh, what nonsense. That was good, darling. That was really good. All right, so we give you just the gist, but if you want more, as always, there'll be a lot in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Follow us on Insta, I guess. Mm-hmm. Rosie Waterland, Jacob William Stanley, Just the Gist podcast. Oh, also, I started writing the Just the Gist of 2020 episode, and I shouldn't have done this, but I put up a thing asking for suggestions. Yeah. And people <laughs> sent so many that I was like, I'm not ready. I, I, And so now I'm like, well, I've opened the floodgates, so send me more. Just the Gist podcast at gmail.com. Anything of Just the Gist of 2020, mm. weird stuff that happened this year, tell us, and I'll try and fit it all in the episode it's gonna be a biggie yeah thank you so much love you everyone bye oh by the way we won an award we won an award (laughs) (laughs) okay bye ciao listener